You'll Know It When You Feel It is an exhibition that traces the interconnected experiences of photographer and researcher Raffaella Rosella, her family and friends, in relation to the complex impacts of carceral systems. She is an Italian-Australian artist based in Mianjin, Brisbane. She is a PhD candidate at the School of Art, RMIT University, Nam, Melbourne. Her collaborations have been presented in Paris, Lucerne and Melbourne. You'll know it when you feel it, draws from a co-created archive of imagery, recordings, documents and ephemera produced and collected over a 15-year period with contributions from several women and families from Ninbin, Lismore, Casino and Moree. From wallpaper made from redacted documents that reveal the ineptitude of official records to bittersweet family documents that preserve memories for loved ones who have been denied the right to intimacy, you'll know it when you feel it asserts the value of co-created archives as a site of residence. The archive is displayed in three gallery spaces. The initial impression of the first room is that of a homely space. Displayed on the walls to the viewer's right and left are family photographs of children and women framed in timber or white frames. There is a full-length pink and white floral curtain covering part of the right-hand wall. A book of family photos lies open on a white shelf adjacent to the curtain. On the floor on the left side of the room is a screen playing a grainy black and white image of a mother holding twin babies. However, on closer inspection, there are additional works in this room which create a tension between the feeling of ordinary family photos and a darker narrative. Interspersed with the photographs are documents attached to the walls. These include a notification of instructions to plead guilty, which is heavily redacted, and a list of visitation procedures for jail visitors. A stack of white papers sit on the floor to the right with words can speak printed on the top sheet. There is one photograph on the left depicting a bottle of Jim Beam. This is displayed at right angles to the wall so that it protrudes into the gallery space. A home video playing on a TV screen on the floor in front of the curtain shows a noisy gathering in a backyard with a couple drinking and dancing. There are short poems or stanzas printed on the gallery walls around the room which reveal heartfelt personal messages to family members or friends revealing loss, sadness and regret. The wall directly adjacent to the entrance to the room is completely covered with a black and white photographic image. It is of a woman with two young children sitting next to a lake. In the foreground, the woman is seated on a beach towel, her legs are crossed and she rests one hand on her knee. She is slim, with long hair parted in the middle and wears a dark one-piece bathing suit. There is a heart-shaped silver pendant on a leather strap around her neck. There is a large ring on the middle finger of her left hand and thin silver bracelets on her right arm. She holds a pair of sunglasses in her right hand. 
She smiles happily as she gazes directly at the camera. To her right, a little girl sits on a low fold-up beach chair. She is about four or five years old. She is wearing a patterned one-piece bathing suit. She has fair hair with a heavy fringe. Her hair is wet and falls in tangled strands onto the tips of her shoulders. She is scowling at the camera. On the left side of the woman is another girl in a bathing suit who is also sitting on a beach chair. She appears almost identical to the other girl. She is balancing a tub of Pringle chips on her lap and she makes a face at the camera, her fingers pulling the sides of her mouth apart. The midground is almost entirely occupied by a large flat lake which has a sweeping circular edge directly behind the family. In the background are trees and buildings which appear to be simple accommodation blocks. In the far distance there is a low-set mountain range. The sun is a blurry bright ball in the sky almost directly above the family. The image has the grainy faded feel of a family photo taken many years ago on a camera rather than a digital device. The opposite wall at the furthest end of the room is divided into two equal sections. One half is white, the other half is black. The black wall is further divided into small equal rectangles by vertical and horizontal white lines. In the right-hand corner of each rectangle is a white image depicting the seal of the Family Court of Australia. A photograph hangs on each side of the wall. On the right, the colour photo is framed in plain timber. It depicts the head and torso of a young woman against a white background. Her shoulders are slightly turned to the left, but her head is rotated so that she stares directly at the viewer. She has dark wavy hair which is pulled back off her face. She has brown skin and freckles over the bridge of her nose and cheeks. Her eyebrows and eyes are dark. She wears a black v-neck top with a small amount of purple and yellow embellishment in one area. She has a slim build with prominent collarbones. She stares intently and directly at the viewer with a defiant and penetrating gaze. The photograph on the left depicts the heads and shoulders of a woman and young boy nestled close together and partially submerged in clear water. The background is completely black and they both wear dark clothing. The woman faces the viewer but her head is turned to her right towards the boy who is positioned slightly behind her. Her face in profile is tilted slightly upwards with her eyes closed and it is completely illuminated by very bright light. Her expression is serene and calm. She has dark wet hair. Her hands are crossed in front of her chest at the level of her collarbones and are partially under the water. The fingers are relaxed. There are two rings on her left index and ring fingers. The rest of her body is not visible. The boy is slightly behind her to her right. His body turns towards the woman and his right hand holds the woman's shoulder. His face rests against her right shoulder and the side of her face. 
Bright light illuminates the right side of his face. He has dark, wet hair. His eyes are closed and he looks peaceful and still. The rest of his body is under the water and there is a blurred vision of his legs tucked up under his chest. The woman and child appear completely connected in the moment. In the second space, similar to the first room, there are family photographs, handwritten documents and personal messages printed on the walls on each side of the entrance. On the left, pink gauze curtains cover the entrance to another space. On the wall directly adjacent to the entrance is a long list of dates and places of incarceration. These are printed both on the gallery wall and then extend onto the gallery floor. There is a large installation on the wall opposite the entrance, which occupies nearly the entire wall of the gallery from floor to the ceiling. It is composed of hundreds of pieces of collected items arranged in an overlapping formation that appears like a collage or wallpaper. There are framed and unframed photographs of women, babies, children, birthday parties, families and homes. They are all different sizes and quality. These are interspersed with hundreds of pieces of paper which include handwritten personal letters, notes, messages, birthday and thank you cards, drawings, workout schedules and inspirational quotes. Some of the photos and written letters are faded and appear older, others are more recent. Placed amongst these personal items are official documents, including fact sheets from the New South Wales Police, warrant information forms, trust account statements, a bail receipt and a hospital wristband. On the wall to the left of this installation is a collection of collected photographs, handwritten notes and messages printed on the gallery wall. There is a small white shelf at chest height on which stand two greeting cards. They are partially open and contain personal handwritten messages addressed to Tricia. Adjacent to this shelf and above it is a small colour photograph in a white frame. It depicts a woman lying on her side on a bed with a young man lying behind her. He rests his head on her shoulder. His arm reaches out to gently touch a small baby lying on the bed in front of them. Next to this is a larger photograph with a plain timber frame. It depicts the young woman from the previous image. She is sitting on the edge of a bed in a darkened room, breastfeeding a baby. She faces the right of the image, staring at a TV. The white glow from the screen illuminates an expression of despondency on her face. Directly below this photograph and to the right, words are printed on the gallery wall. Tricia, I remember when I made this image. We were nursing our babies in your bedroom. Troy was locked up and about to turn 30. You told me he'd only spent three of his birthdays on the outside since he was nine. Above these words and positioned further to the right is a small photograph. The woman is floating on her back in cloudy water with her long dark hair drifting out around her. Only her head and shoulders are visible. 
Her eyes are closed and her face is brightly illuminated. She appears calm and untroubled. The third room, accessed through the pink gauze curtains, contains three video presentations projected simultaneously onto three of the gallery walls. They depict various homemade videos of families, children, gatherings and the countryside. The artist, Raffaella Rosella, has spoken of the development of this exhibition. Despite growing up in a heavily policed community, I didn't begin, you'll know it when you feel it, with the intention of documenting carcerality. It started over 15 years ago as a photo-based documentary project that sought to amplify the intimacy and complexity of young motherhood alongside my identical twin, stepsister and new and old friends. As our family grew, so did our archive, with contributions by friends and family members from several communities. In recent years, our lives have increasingly intersected with the carceral state, often in violent and explicit ways. I continue to witness my loved ones pipeline towards prison, where many enter, leave and shortly return, as if through a revolving door. Each time, their sentences are a little longer and the paper trail thicker than before. Yet, what remains absent from these arbitrary decisions, court documents, police statements, case files and criminal indexes that record these experiences are the intimate relations of love and care that extend across carceral geographies. Rosella acknowledges the tensions that lie within the collaboration at the heart of this project. These arise through her own privileges of race, higher education and community support. She has no first-hand experience of being imprisoned. Through the extractive conditions inherent in the medium of photography and through the ambivalent position of the gallery as a Eurocentric structure that can be operationalised to either reinforce or resist the settler colonial project. Nevertheless, this archive still shares vital insights into the emotional landscape of what lies beneath the violence enacted by the prison industrial complex. While we see these documents articulated as exhibition, they have also been part of family albums, memorial services, custody disputes and court cases, resulting in reduced custodial sentences and successful bail and parole applications. Counter-archival practices can be deployed to serve community and memory and in actions against state narratives and records that see intimate lives reduced to paperwork. You'll know it when you feel it reminds us that abolition is a collective creative act that contemporary art is in a unique position to help envisage. Abolition means not just closing prisons. It also requires abolishing the culture of power and punishment that permeates our daily lives, our workplaces, our cultural institutions and our arts practices. It is a project of creating a more just, more equitable, compassionate world 
that is rooted in principles of care and collective liberation. As Ruth Wilson Gilmore wrote, freedom is a place. You'll know it when you feel it. <laughs>